My name is Raymond Tanner and this is the podcast where I'll be interviewing amazing individuals as I find out what a peace of mind means to them and some of the valuable lessons they've learned throughout their journey. Each episode's been recorded at a different stage throughout lockdown, pandemic, just overall COVID living. If you like this podcast, make sure to hit me up, subscribe, send it to a colleague, send it to a friend, just send it on and follow me on socials at Peace of No Mind Show on Instagram and Peace of No Mind on Twitter. Anywho, it's been a minute. Welcome, the man himself. Um, you're probably going to have to give the explanation and a quick like bio of who you are because there's no way I'm probably going to do it as much justice as you will, bro. So Yeah, so my name's Elias Williams. Uh, I'm a filmmaker and I'm also the founder of an online media platform called Mandem. Our website is mandemhood.com. Uh, we're basically a space for uh, young men of colour to express themselves creatively through whether that be through filmmaking writing, music, um, but we also host discussions as well around issues of race, class and gender. Most recently we did one at the Barbican Centre which was really interesting where we explored um, the kind of connection between um, drill music and grime and and the kind of neg- negative stereotypes of young black men. Rob, how have you been recently? Because, like, how what's, what's the latest? How have you been keeping active? Yeah, this whole pandemic is crazy. And obviously the film industry has been hit hard by this, obviously, as as has a lot of other industries. Um, but luckily I got I got a short film commission just before the lockdown, so I've been Come working. Come on. Yeah, that's how, you know, that's how the universe patterned it for me. But, um... Yeah, I've been working on that, which is like a short kind of BBC arts thing, um, a little drama piece. And then I've also picked up a little bit of freelance editing work for the Barbican, which is pretty handy and a couple of other projects as well. But yeah, so I'm I'm not too I'm not in too bad a position, luckily. So life's life's been treating you good, bro. It's like the pandemic hasn't really struck your your kind of workflow, has it then? Well, funnily enough, I did. So. I was already leaving my job um, in April, mm. but when this hit, like I was only at like a small film production company, and they just had to let like five staff go Ooh. right, right as soon as Boris was uh, dropping them, dropping them the bars for us. Them yeah. gems, <laughs> talking about shaking hands and yeah, smiling yeah, in yeah. faces of individuals who are suffering. This yeah. guy, bro. Um, so, so technically, I did, I did lose my job, but it was all right because I was leaving anyway. So yeah. So the way I basically ask all the guests who come on peace and no mind what does a peace of mind mean to you and how is it best achieved tough question I, 
I reckon peace of mind is a difficult one. I think people achieve it in different ways. Um, but I, I'd say for me personally, it, it's best achieved through things like meditation, um, exercise, figuring out what you want to do with your life and channeling all your energy into that frequency and, and knowing when, when it's okay to take a break, you know, and not, not overworking yourself. Okay. And what, are you one of the meditating men then? I think so, man. <laughs> I, 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 I do my best. I'm not great at it. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I've been attempting to do it daily for probably about a year now. Why are you acting like you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> no, you're one of the worst ones. You're the worst. The guy's like, yeah, bro, I just got headspace. He's like, no, bro, you're dead, like pulling out the mad positioning. Do you know what? It's mad because my brother, so my brother got headspace mm. and then I, I kind of refused to, like, I, I didn't want to have someone in my ear while I was doing it. So I read a book, <laughs> I read a book about it instead. And, um, and yeah, just started trying to do it. But it is like the, the, the book I read about it was interesting because it, it was emphasizing that meditation is a practice. It's something that you can only practice. It's not something that you like necessarily do successfully every time you do it. It's like you just kind of keep doing it to, to constantly try and improve. So you, it's, yeah. You don't just win meditation and you're yeah. like, sorry, <laughs> it? It's one of those, bro. It's like a constant journey in that, right? Yeah. But um, no, that, that means a lot. And obviously, peace of no mind. I like what you said. It's like different to absolutely everyone. Um, and one thing that's interesting is I've had quite a few guests and no one really ever gives the same like response. It's one of them sticky questions. You've been busy and proactive for a minute. You being a videographer and how that might have linked to Mandemhood. What is Mandemhood, bro? So it's, yeah, it's a media platform. So it, um, back in 2017, uh, I think April, um, that was when we launched. Coming up with a name was actually initially prompted by, you're probably familiar with um, another platform called Gaudem, which yeah. is sick, and they do bits. So that was kind of the initial kind of spark of inspiration, and then it kind of slowly molded into something else um, as we just developed, partly probably because I was more of a filmmaker as opposed to um, someone interested in kind of like magazine culture and, and the constant article um, element of things. There was a discussion that I had with my boy probably like a year ago um, and I never brought it up but he was just like yo man like where's the he's like you know what I think's missing like something like a, a platform or a space um, for guys or men of colour um, or black males in specifically um, similar to Geldon and then like it was one of those, when I stumbled across Mandemhood, I sent it to him. He's like, that's what was missing. He's like, that was, he's like, that was what was missing, bro. He's like, I couldn't put my finger on it. But yeah, they've done what, what it is that I kind of thought didn't have a place. So how did that inception kind of emerge? So I was, so I went to study in Bristol. Um, and then I think in my second year, I, I started meeting more people in the, in like the black community of Bristol and the creative community. Um, and funny enough, so Gaudem actually also started in Bristol as well. Um, so I, I'd known, I'd not, I knew a couple of the girls who were involved with with Gaudem, mm -hmm. um, and then, but they they'd already kind of sort of shipped up and moved to London by that point. But yeah, so so I kind of met a lot of cool people in Bristol, got talking about this idea of having a, a platform for men of colour. As as you say, it's something that is is very needed still today, you know. And it's not not to say that ours ours is, is, should be the only space for men of colour, do you know what I mean? I think it's something that, you know, in the, in the, in the same way that white people have a million different platforms, do you know what I'm saying? It's mm. like, I think people of colour have a right to have all sorts of different types of platforms for themselves. But yeah, in particular, it was like a few years ago, it was like, right, there really isn't like 
a platform just for men of color that really like explores um, some of the issues that we face on a day-to-day -day and anxieties and whatever, particularly at a point when grime was just becoming so big. I mean, it started becoming big before that, but it was becoming so mainstream that like that black male image was just being projected so powerfully like across the nation that it just felt like such a crucial point to take a little bit of ownership of that image as well before it just gets consumed and digested mm. by the masses. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is what is yeah. what is it that's popping off in Bristol, by the way, bro? Because absolutely every there's something in the water in Bristol. Because anyone yeah, who man. goes <laughs> down to Bristol, bro, like goes off either falls in love with the city and is like, yo, no, yeah. no, no, it's lit, it's lit in Bristol, or they just end up living there for a lot longer than they yeah. they'd imagined, bro. Like, what is what is this creative scene that happens in Bristol that's producing yeah. Geldam and Mandamhood? Yeah, man, it's, like a, it's a honeypot. Well. I think for one, you get a lot of like, it's not too far from London. So people who are from London might want to go study in Bristol because it's not too far away. There's, there is a black population. It's not like going up to up north, maybe where, you know, the diversity is a little bit less, but Bristol has, has a, it's a fairly diverse city. It's very kind of liberal left wing in a lot of ways. Um, obviously it's got two massive unis there as well, Yeah, but it's, um, it's, it's got a really interesting history as well, man. Like, it had some, like, the race riots happened in, in Bristol, man. They had, like, this this boycott back in the 80s. And, um, yeah, so there's a, there's quite a strong West Indian community there. St. Paul's or something, right? Yeah, Don't they have, like, St. Paul's. Paul's Carnival. I've heard yeah. about that popping off as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just, yeah, it's just good vibes there, man. And, like, it's, it, because, because it's not as big as London, it, the, the creative community is a little bit more tight-knit. So it's, like, it's perhaps easier to network you know everyone knows each other sort of thing you know what i mean mm. so it's, it's easy to kind of find people who have similar or like-minded interests to you and yeah. like kind of form allegiances and so forth yeah. right so yeah. so what like at the time where so obviously you're saying grime was on the come up um can you can you reference any particular grime artists that you're like hold on a minute they shouldn't like was this when they were like storms <laughs> was doing his all-time stormsiness and like... Yeah, well, funnily enough, it was like, because we took the image of, because obviously Stormzy shut up that freestyle in the park, mm. like, just went, like, viral and just, like, became this mad moment. Um, and, yeah, we I think we took that image and, we've yeah, we've used that for, like, like a graphic of that image of them at the park for a few events and stuff. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't know if it was, like, it was almost, like, in, I suppose because it wasn't just the grime thing. It was like, you know, as there's been a growth of this kind of quote-unquote woke, woke culture growing as well, you know, because we, we were on the back of all them um, sort of videoed police killings that were coming out in America. And that was back in... Uh, that, that was It was actually like 2014, I think, some of that started, right, when it started going viral and stuff, and then you had Black Lives Matter. So it was there was this slow build-up of just kind of consciousness. And, and I've always, from young, like... Um, well, just the end of school, I'd I'd always like, like after kind of reading Malcolm X and stuff, I kind of like had that conscious sort of gene in me, and I always knew I wanted to do something mm. that tapped into that, and and Mandem just kind of happened to be what was right at the right time, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And what did you did you what were like those early discussions? Were you with your brother at the time, and were you like, look? I don't know what it is that we're creating, but I want to use some of these video skills or I want to kind of, let's just actually just all the mandem I'm chilling with in Bristol right now. 
how about we spread that out and get a couple more madam to join that? How how did that kind yeah. of look? Like what were you what were your initial thoughts? So my brother actually come in a little a, a very short while after it launched, but he yeah, he he'd been aware of it and everything. But it was more people I I met in Bristol, basically. It was like I decided to, you know, when, when people go uni, they often stay in the uni bubble, but I kind of decided to venture outside of the uni, bu- uni bubble and actually start speaking to people in the city who were doing things. Um, and that was how I, I met one guy who was, I think, like the BME officer at the uni. And he just, I told him about this idea for Mandem and he just put me on to like bare people. And it was so, it was so kind of him. It was, it was actually, so, yeah, it was really like the amount of support, like Bristol was so welcoming to that idea and the people I met was so like welcoming because they, they obviously appreciate when people come from outside the city with, with a certain passion and want to do something for the city. So um, yeah, it was, it was a matter of just meeting sort of filmmakers, writers, um, people just in media, a lot of black males who were in media in the city of Bristol. And I just kind of met, met with them, sat down with them, like interviewed them, um, and then also, cause I didn't want it to be too Bristol centric. I did sort of pulled a few strings like outside, like I, I knew, like, for example, a couple of London artists came up to Bristol a couple of times, did a few interviews with them, like Koji Radical, you're, yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don. Could you remember like one of your first videos that you recorded with um, someone? Do you know what? I think one of the first first video interviews was was with a guy called Femi Nylander who's this interesting guy um from who he graduated from Oxford University a few years ago and he was involved in the Roads Must Fall movement which was um basically about Cecil Rhodes who was this kind of fucking colonialist can I swear on this by the way you've done it bro yeah, <laughs> all right you can beat that you can <laughs> you can beat that out but so there's this colonialist um who kind of did some madness in South Africa and and they took down his statue in Cape Town University. Yeah, and then in and then in Oxford as well, there was a movement to take Cecil Rhodes statue down from Oxford University. But then of course all the old English alumni threatened to pull all their money out um, of the university yeah. if his statue came down. So it kind of got kind of got deaded in that way. But yeah, Bristol's got a similar thing with a guy called Edward Colston, who was an old um, slave trader, famous slave trader, and uh, he's got a statue in the in the, in the middle of the town, and his name's everywhere. And what have people tried to protest to do the same? Yeah. Sort of, and they're not having it. Uh, they they are and they aren't. I mean, there's it's a whole mad debate and about what what does do you want to erase history or yeah. do you want you want that want it to stay there so you can remember it? And yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. strange. So what off off the back of that interview with Femi was it? Yeah. Yeah. What What was the kind of start of the movement? Did you guys start throwing events? Did you start putting on um, kind of talks? What was what, what did it look like after that? Yeah. So basically, I spent I spent um, two two or three months collecting content because this that's the trick. If you if you're about to launch something, you better <laughs> you better store yeah, up that get content. Your back your back your yeah. backlog loaded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I so I did that. I spent a lot of time doing that, and then. Yeah, it was exciting when we launched and, and people were vibing with it. Like I'd, I'd, I'd made a couple of, I made one film actually about African history, touching on a famous emperor from Mali um, that we kind of launched the platform with. And then, um, yeah, and then following that, the, ev- the events actually came around kind of by accident. It was like, 
basically there was a uni project that I was doing that required you to do something interactive with one of your films and so I kind of decided all right why don't I screen this film about African history um and so yeah we, we held like a little film screening thing and a Q&A um about African history and kind of racism in general and then that that was just really successful so and it was pretty small scale but so we thought okay let's do this again like that was a vibe and then yeah we did a couple more um and this was all just in like a classroom size space in in a art gallery called the Arnolfini in Bristol and then eventually the actual art gallery themselves um heard about what we were doing and offered us to use a bigger space basically and what what sort of people did you find were attending those early events? Was it like a mixed batch of people? Or did it was it kind of did it kind of skew more towards a black male demographic? It was a mixture, man. So like, because that's one of the uh, debates we were having earlier on. It was interesting because like the first event was pretty much it was kind of my friends, people I knew, sort of thing, um, and a few extras. And then sometimes it depended on the subject matter. I think. But by and large, all the events have been pretty mixed with black and white people. And I think it's weird because obviously, like, black people are more of a minority. So it's not like <laughs> this ain't some nation of, this ain't some <laughs> nation of Islam fucking, that... <laughs> right? with, like, all black people in the audience. You know what I yes. mean? Like, yeah. But what was nice is it was, it was a, yeah, it was an attracting a, a, a wide range. Obviously, black males were turning up and it was, um, and a lot of the people who ended up collaborating with me through the platform was because they kind of came to an event and I got talking to them. But yes, it's been a nice mix. And I think in a way that's important because if we're going to change the perceptions of black males in society, it's, you know, we're doing it. It's important that the wider society sees that like white people need to understand that mm -hmm. you don't need to be shook when that black boy is walking on the, on the other side of the road to you or whatever. Yeah. And um, what kind of en engaging them in the dialogue and the conversation do you yeah. think then? Yeah, man, I think that's an important part of it. Um, mm -hmm. As much as, you know, black men need their own spaces to, to collect their thoughts, I think there's a, yeah, there's a balancing act to doing both. Mm. So would you say, like, mandamhood, like, as, a, would you call it a collective? Would you say it's, it's more of a movement? What, how would you describe its kind of overall, like, aim? I say, do you know what? I say it's, it's all of the above, man. I mean, it's, it is a collective, I think, at, at at face value, at surface value, it's um it's a it's a media platform. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like we put content on a website. We you know we that's what we're most passionate about in a lot of ways is just providing interesting like content for people. Um, but the events are kind of their own thing in a way as well, and they they they're kind of representative. I think of more of like um the organization side of what of what Mandem's trying to do and stand for and represent in terms of yeah just engaging people in important discussions you know yeah which is which is powerful bro and super super needed um and the reason why I kind of ask that question is because there will probably be people listening who would ask like what classifies a Mandem and who is it that you're trying to draw to the website it's important like mandem continues to be like run by black males as well so it's one of these things that we want you know we're always i mean it's it's it's, it's tricky man to be honest yeah. with you like it's very difficult um kind of reach finding that reach you know it's like because either you know like because some people just want to come and look at the content and leave do you know what i mean yeah. that's, and, that, and that's absolutely yeah. fine like that's cool and, and not not everyone necessarily wants to like get involved and start contributing loads of content and some people do so it's like it's one of them ones where it's, it's very much just 
an open thing, you know, if anyone wants to get involved, they can. And I know, I hear that. And you were saying, like, you read, like, Malcolm X at, like, maybe, like, after, was it after college? Was it at least you were 17, 18 or Yeah, something? about 17, something like that. Is there anyone, like, you, you were kind of looking up to and you kind of saw as a, as, as a, a not even an ideal of what a black male should be, but someone mm. who you were like, all right, cool, they're making waves. Um, this is someone I respect what they're doing and what they've done previously. Like a massive, a massive influence on me, and I'm sure he has been to many others. Was was a Carla, obviously. Like yes. He, he just been dropping facts from fucking 2001. From early, man. Yeah. From early, yeah. yeah. Um. So he was, yeah, he was definitely a big, a big inspiration. Um, and has been an inspiration as well up to now in in me wanting to research more about history and and all of that and. Um, yeah, that, that was, a, that was a big thing. But in terms of like people I actually knew, like, I think it was mad. So at my school, there, were, there weren't many black teachers, but as there, you know, as, as, as there isn't across the country, quite frankly, but there was, um, I had, I had this, um, black woman who was my citizenship teacher. Um, and I don't even know if they still teach citizenship now. It was bro, kind of like that PGC. It was. Kind of it was but... one of those courses, bro. It wasn't even a. I don't even know what it was, man. It, yeah. it, it, it wasn't respected amongst pupils. I don't know. Like... Yeah, but it was mad important, yeah. though. That's yeah. what's crazy. It yeah. was like, ironically, one of the most like important, yeah. important subjects was just something that, like, you know, just didn't didn't get taken as seriously. But yeah, I had this teacher, and and she, she like put there was another black boy in my citizenship class. And I remember she would always like put on stuff about the Stephen Lawrence case and and she she introduced me actually to to like the the Black Panther movement in in the states um all this stuff that you know like a, I just didn't I didn't really know about you know and I was fascinated mm. to to hear about that kind of thing mm. um and then and then she was actually the, one of the main reasons I actually went to uni as well because like at the end of school I kind of thought like fuck do you know what I mean like mm. my A levels were shit I was like do you know what I don't even know if I want to go uni and then and then she was like she really emphasized the importance of going there not because not even for the degree but for, for being in the space mm. um and just allowing your mind to to think you know yeah being exposed to people who ne not necessarily have lived a similar experience but you know expanding your horizon just through you going to a different city and sitting yeah. next to again someone who's lived a completely different life like what that what that sort of growth can do like is is mad and that's just more so personal development even if it's not even about the degree or um kind of what you leave with that end qualification that experience can't really be measured really exactly mm. and what was that like some of what she was teaching you was that some of like the earlier memories of you realizing that there, there was a distinction between your experience as a black male and how someone else um might might kind of perceive a situation how someone how society viewed you and it's weird man so my like my upbringing has been a bit strange. So like, obviously I was, I was born in, I was born in South East London, um, Peckham and I lived there till I was 10. Um, so I'm, I'm mixed. So my dad's black and my mum's white. And then we, when I was 10, we, we actually moved to Oxford, which was, which was a mad experience because obviously, as you can imagine, Oxford is just a different, different vibe. I've been um, Oxford before. It's actually such a nice city, bro. It is. It's, a, it's a lovely city. <laughs> it's a lovely city. I mean, that's the best city. way to describe it, bro. It's a lovely yeah. city, bro. Yeah, like there's that. No, no two ways about it. Though, <laughs> though it does have, you know, like that's the centre. The centre is obviously very nice and there are very nice parts, but I think people often forget that it is actually 
just a normal city as well. And the further out from the centre you go, the more, um, you know, normal it gets. The school I was at was was mostly white, but it also had, it was strange because it was like a state school in a middle class area, but it, it, it kind of had a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds, like the catchment area. Like people would, I don't know how they did it, but would sort of pattern the catchment area <laughs> yeah. and, and kids from like, like the other side Peckham. of it. Yeah, yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> and like kids from all, all sorts of backgrounds were getting in that school. So it was a real like interesting melting pot actually. Um, and and yeah, man, that, that I think being, being like a lot of, I think a lot of black people across the country have, feel this and relate to this but there is something unique about being like the only black person in a group of white people that immediately makes you have to have kind of baptism by fire understanding <laughs> of what it what it means to be a black male in a certain space you know what i'm saying and it's deep because because you see because you see like some one of the things is you see like for example some people who come from london to come study at like bristol uni they're coming from like growing up with, you know, mostly around black people. Then they come into like a white uni and suddenly it's super isolating because they're, they're putting the deep end of like this like middle-class whiteness. And mm. um, it's interesting that actually those experiences have helped me be able to navigate um, that space a bit better. Yeah. Cause like you said, there's some people who would have never had that transition in process. It would be like, yo, you, you've like, you were around diversity all your life. I'm not saying Bristol yeah. wasn't diverse, but maybe like you said, even the middle class, um, if we're looking at it more, more from a, a class perspective, some people would have just maybe stayed at their school sixth form, which was a state school in inner city London, have gotten mm. good grades. And the next thing you know, they're immersed into this campus with kids who've gone private school. Kids yeah, who've like, it's yeah. like, yo, bro, this is actually a bit of a madness. So yeah, kind of like, kind of turning back into like, um, Mandem, you, you were basically in Bristol, you realised, all right, cool, we've kind of got a movement. We, we don't really want it to be so London centric. Um, what sort of st steps did you start doing like in London? Like, It's interesting because like Bristol, it is cool not being London centric. And I think actually some like I've heard from some people that some people in London probably appreciate some things that aren't actually yeah. based in London in, in a different kind of way, which is interesting. And then when we come in, and as we've done a few London events, it's like, it's been nice to do that. It's nice to mm. be able to kind of like come in and do a couple of events in London and then we can just engage the certain man who are interested in it. But like that is, you were saying that kind of diverse experience, that, that's something like I really commend because I watched Deconstructing Grime Race and Masculinity. Um, so you've done a panel event at the Barbican. And mm. one thing straight off the bat, like, which I appreciated and just from the intros was the actual, the, the experience of all the panelists kind of represented the spectrum of what it means to be a black male. Um, and mm. again, there's still other, there's other facets that could have never been on a stage. Otherwise you have thousands of people, but a lot of the people weren't London um, based mm. Um, people with different um, like economic circumstances, people who had like different social experiences and all mm. kind of in alignment talking about an, something which they all felt connected to. Um, so that was like super mad. Like, I, I appreciate it. That was a high quality video, which I would recommend anyone to watch. High quality video, like strong discussion. And yeah, bro, just the, the setup, it was, it, was, it was proper, man. And that was the kind of Thank content you. that needs to be kind of 
pushed through. So kind of give us like an overview of like what 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 was that whole deconstructing grime race and masculinity like? What how did that come about and what was what was the kind of goal? Yeah, so we done we done a, a couple of events like that in Bristol, um, and then uh, yeah, that that one was because Barbican had their masculinities exhibition going on. They they contacted us and and asked if we wanted to do something. What they um, contacted you look. Yeah, yeah, very flattered and very humbled by that, obviously. And that's something that gets overlooked in terms of black males being invited into certain art spaces. Mm. I'm mean, feeling like you're welcome to be parts of institutions. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, and that's that's something as well that no, I'm genuinely like humbled by because we we have taken like for our own like sanity and mental health in a lot of ways. We we haven't taken like an aggressive approach of man, and we're like, oh, we need to be doing this. We need to be breaking these boxes down and getting into these spaces and all of that, like we've kind of allowed there to be a bit of an organic growth. So it was very like humbling to to be contacted by, I think someone, so someone had attended an event like a year before they hollered us. So it's, I think it's a real, it's a real ode to the importance of patience and organic growth that like sometimes a seed is planted like, you know, and then it can take a year or two years before something actually comes from it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think we we done an event at Goldsmiths uh, University like a couple of years ago, and then someone who was there worked for the Barbican, and then eventually contacted us for this thing. Right. Um, and yeah, man. So that that came about from yeah several several other events we've done around black masculinity, essentially, um, and we just felt that yeah, we should take this conversation that we've like already been having and, and put it on this stage at the Barbican and, and, tr- and specifically hone it down to black British masculinity and grime culture, essentially, as that has been something that has gained the limelight in, in recent um, times due to, you know, this whole this stupid media frenzy about yeah. drill music and, and trying to like blame it for violence and stuff you know and that was one of the topics that you guys had covered like on the accountability the fact that black um communities aren't um mo- a monolith in that we, we mm. don't all necessarily have the same sort of interest we aren't all represented in the exact same way um and it covers such a mad spectrum of being black like that you can't always just we can have connection points that we we definitely feel we can connect with each other, but same way we have such lived different lived experiences that we can't always be like pigeonholed. Um, exactly. And it was even one line that the guy said that I was just like, but because that is exactly what like, bro, he said, um, brand new day by Dizzy Rascal saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he... bro, hey, when he dropped that, I was like, and what was actually mad, bro, I'd been listening to brand new day, like probably like a few weeks before and I, I messaged my wow. boys in a group chat and I was like bro do you, do you know this is an elite track like literally like this is one of Dizzy's like most elite tracks um and it was mad that he was just like he had a connection to it and he was like yo there were like two gram tracks that saved my life um mm. brand new day and, and I was like yo man I've got a lot of time for this discussion so that sucked me in anyway um that's good no that was powerful powerful moment when he said that and what was the kind of feedback from that because did you have a full like was it sold sold out you lot were making pandemic references so this must have just been like <laughs> bro this must have been like what two months ago or some bro, stuff. I'm, bro i'm telling you man the, the way the universe helped us with this one man like so when we were organizing dates <laughs> for this event i'm telling you right now the first date we had was 19th of march Ooh. so we ended up doing it on the 12th of march so like it was and 
for context, it was the 16th of March. Boris was like, right, the, the dance is done. That's it. Um, <laughs> really? So, in, yeah, yeah. So literally, like, it was days before um, shit went topsy-turvy, man. So he was mm. super lucky to, to get that done. And I was quite surprised, man. I mean, we were talk before the event, we were like, yo, people aren't going to turn up. Like, this is, this is yeah. mad. But then at the end, everyone's coming up, like, shaking hands. I'm like, what? Wait, no, bro. But two the, meters apart. <laughs> hey, spud, air spud, air spud. Bro, it's, 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 it's even mad. Like It, it kind of highlights like a testament to the fact that these events and these spaces are needed. Like um, mm. Because there were even, the way that I hear some of the questions in the crowd after, there are people who want to engage in these discussions and yeah. aren't always given a platform. And like, there are a few movements doing something similar. So like, shout out like Dope Black Men, Dope Black Dads. Um, and there are people who are trying to help create um you know the the or help change the narrative more so but like you said i don't think one alone is enough to be like the 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 umbrella for everything it's like no everyone creates their own ripples and waves at their time which Mm. ultimately creates like a massive wave um but there was something interesting that you kept like saying which it reminds you of one quote you're like um in terms of like planting seeds it was like the day you plant the seed is not the same day you eat the fruit and mm. I was just like, bro, that that kind of to me highlights. You made no, you made it sound way better. Hey! I definitely, <laughs> I definitely didn't say that. Come on, no, <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take, take that. that I'll take that. I gift that to you, bro. That's a piece of over Thank you. gift, bro. I take that. Go work. Go plant your seeds, my guy. Yeah. Go do what you need to, bro. But um, no, it's just one of those in it. you plant the seed, so it like that highlights like you've been probably planting seeds for this for a while and it's uh, like kind of that people are hearing about it very organically and the type of people you're getting on are kind of happening um like you know when they should be happening like mm. but like kind of looking back over the whole experience and maybe just not even with mandamhood but just kind of your whole experience like moving from peckham to london everything like what's one thing for certain that you know about kind of navigating through the world do you know what i think something I've learned recently actually is, is just the importance of like positive thought, you know, and not, not entertaining, uh, like negative thoughts as much. And and that might sound very basic and simple, but like the power of positive thoughts and the power of negative thoughts. And I think, yeah, that's something I would say is that like, yeah, you, you've got to, you have to look after your mind as much as your body. And one way to do that is literally by, not letting negative thoughts take take the better of you you know what i mean like and allow them to pass you know and 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 yeah because positive thoughts will come when they're ready do you know what i mean mm. so yeah bro i, I rate that and quick i'm gonna add something on to that now i've had time to actually think about the question bro <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was me on. freestyling <laughs> question got question question everything you know what i mean like cultivate something that loki said actually that that resonated with me a lot that i saw in an interview one time is like cultivate your curiosity and i think especially in in times like we are in now like yeah cultivate your curiosity and and always question things man um and never take the the kind of the reality that you're given like as verbatim you know and like realize that you know in a lot of ways life is what you make it do you know what i mean and yeah it's important that we all keep that 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 kind of healthy cultivate that positive mindset and and look after our mental health man because 
Like, you don't know when the next pandemic's coming, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or how long it's going to last, bro. That's another... Oh, that's, trust me. Like, all the, the, the kind of... The, the ramifications of the back of it is all a bit... You don't it's know how you, what, what what new normal even looks like after this. Mm. In terms of, like, the future of mandamhood, like, what sort of future events are you lot trying to hope to create? Like, what what is it... Or what sort of spaces are you trying to nurture? Um, Just kind of putting it out there. Hopefully ones where you don't have to sit two metres apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, it's mad. Because, obviously, like, to be honest, a lot of the um, events events are a big part of what what we've been doing. So it is crazy that now that's been, you know, not not necessarily jeopardised. Like, we are going to come through this. But in a lot of ways, it's actually, you know, it's a blessing in disguise because it gives you time to to really, like, you know, like... um, regather your your strength you know and like plan ahead for the future a bit more effectively but 100% man we want to we want to be doing more events like we've been doing we want to we want to try and get you know people who are a little bit more higher profile into these discussions Mm -hmm. as well because it's like because in a lot of cases they, they don't even have the chance to have these discussions in a in a kind of forum where other people are around you know and can can engage in that discussion too you know everything yeah. sometimes a little bit surface level when you don't necessarily get necessarily get into the deeper the deeper things mm. um so yeah we definitely we definitely look forward to doing more of them in the future and we might who knows we might have to kind of adapt but yeah man this is this is the time for innovation absolutely Bro, absolutely man it's one it even knows that like, how can people try and contribute to the website is there an, like if there was a call out what is it what's the sort of stuff you want from people do you want people to reach out to you where's where's your where's your kind of head at with this at the moment yeah man absolutely so anyone can can go on the website and and go on uh the contact page or whatever and and drop us an email if they want to contribute some content like in terms of like black males and men of color like they are absolutely welcome and free to write about whatever they want so that was one thing from the beginning we we wanted to make clear that this isn't a platform where you have to come on and talk about how hard it is being a black male you know what i mean it's like you're the, the whole point of it is 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 the freedom to be whoever you want to be and do what you want to do man so there's people who've wrote articles on like stuff like international politics or whatever it is they're interested in mm-hmm. um so yeah there's there's absolutely an open call um for that and and yeah and also just even if people just want to just reach out and, and chat about all of these things you know like that's because that's as important as anything else, you know. So the website's a good place to start. That's mandemhood.com. And then the on social media, it's at mandemhood. Um, yeah, you can find me as well on social media, Elias X Williams. But yeah, man. That's, nice. the, that's the shameless plug. No, you have to, you have to, you have to big yourself as well, man. Because again, you, your brother—is it just the two of you who are working on it? What, what's the the kind yeah, of yeah, man? So we 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 pretty much look after all the admin stuff, and then and then like when we do events and stuff, it's a matter of collaborating with different people who help out mm. with different things that we're doing, essentially. All right, yeah. bro. I'm gonna ask you three quick questions just before we dip. Like, it's how it cool. is on Peace and Mind. A couple spinners. So, if you need a moment to catch yourself, then by all means, <laughs> <laughs> by all means, take take that little moment, zen it Off up. Off the dome. Off the dome. All right, cool. Um, happiest day of your life. Oh, of my life. You know, <laughs> I said my life. Yo. Not even it, bro. Listen, life. I said what oh, I said, bro. <laughs> In, do you know what? I'm going to say 
That's mad. Every day is a happy day, bro. Come on. Every nah. day is the happiest day of my life. <laughs> he come with a feng shui. <laughs> he try to feng shui it. All right, cool, bro. You know what? I, I, I'll accept that, bro. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Calm. Um, calm. Um, some, some, something that overwhelms you. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic, yeah. All right. Um, and just last but not least, um, best piece of advice you've been given by somebody else. Pay attention, don't crave attention. Ooh. No, do you know what I deemed it? That, that even, I ain't told that personally. Like, I see that on a TED talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's real, man, especially now. Pay attention, don't crave attention. Mm. Mm. And you know what? Like you said, especially now, there's, there's something which I've always been mindful of. It's like, yes, pandemics happened. Yeah, the way people are delivering content's changed. But is that aligning with what it is that you were going to do naturally? Like, exactly. um, are you going to now just be busy and up in everyone's face because you think that's the thing to do? Or does it naturally feel like, oh, this is what we should be doing? Um, mm. So, yeah, man, I'm, I, I abide by that. And that, that's a real one. That's a real one. Um, Thank you, man. No, I appreciate, appreciate you asking me on, man. And, yeah, and I appreciate, it always, like, means a lot when, when people genuinely appreciate what we're doing, you know what I mean? Because you, you can get caught in the bubble and, um yeah man so i'm always always very grateful um and appreciative when people reach out man so big ups a hundred and you know what and even in terms of recognition bro like you forget like sometimes when you're grafting you're doing something like you said your, your head's in the game like sometimes someone just being like i see what you're doing and yo like i see what you're doing sometimes that's yeah, enough man. to just keep it like keep the momentum going bro because exactly. a lot of the time you appreciate or admire people from afar and if you never say it, man, like, you know, I feel like that, like, this is the sort, like, what people should get more used to doing is saying how they feel at the time that they that they felt it and be done with it. Like, that's it. It's yeah. just like, yo, you're, you're doing big work, all the love, keep pushing. And then carry on with your day. No one's asking you to hang about. Yeah. But I hope you guys keep pushing forward. And yeah, man, I want to see it grow and I want to see what can happen. Big ups, man. I appreciate that.